Have you ever been thirsty? Like completely parched thirsty. Like dehydrated to the point you're not going to to make it. Honestly, most of us probably have not. Uh, we, we live in a pretty wet part of the world when you think about things. Uh, we've got a big lake, you know, can't even see all the way across it uh, type of a thing right nearby here. Um, and honestly, most of us have not really been hungry, not, not desperately hungry. Most of us eat according to a schedule than according to actual hunger. Um, but uh, I was reminded of how terrible thirst is this summer. Um, not because of any thirst that I was experiencing, um, but um, Chris and I were on vacation. We went to Fredericksburg, Virginia. Um, so uh, those of you who may or may be Civil War historians out there, uh, there's, there's a, there was a big battle there, and uh, there's a big memorial there. And uh, if you're not familiar with the Battle of Fredericksburg, it, it, it was not good for the, uh, the Union troops. Uh, the Confederates held the high ground. And not only that, there was a literal stone wall that ran through uh, Fredericksburg. And the Confederates were behind that wall. So not only did they have the high ground, they had cover. And the Union troops had to cross the river and come across a big open field. It doesn't take too much to imagine, you know, the, the, the kind of bloodbath that that battle was. Uh, the Union troops had to cross that open field and, and the Confederates could just sit behind the wall and shoot. And uh, 9,600 soldiers from the north were wounded that day. Uh, another 1,300 were killed. And there's this monument on the battlefield. It, it's made by the, the same person who did uh, the, the, the Iwo Jima monument. You've seen that, right? The, the Marines holding up the flag. The same artist put this, this monument together. And, and it's, it's a man stooping over another man holding a canteen. And the man in the image holding that canteen is Sergeant Richard Kirkland, who was a Confederate soldier, a man who was behind the wall, who was in relative safety, who saw this carnage. And as the Union troops were laying there, dying, thirsting, this guy from South Carolina decides to jump the wall with his canteen to, to bring water. He entered the killing fields to stoop down and pour water into the mouth of his enemies. The monument is, is dedicated to national unity and, and, and the brotherhood of man, a, a brotherhood, a, a unity, a common humanity that moved him to give water to those who are thirsty. Friends, what, what is it inside of people that, that kind of twists inside the moment before somebody would make a decision like that? What is it that, that would cause a man to risk his own life 
to slake the thirst of, of someone who moments before was trying to kill him. That's compassion. Compassion. And compassion is a feeling that I hear in that Old Testament lesson that Marissa read for us just a little bit ago in Isaiah chapter 55. I hear God's compassion for you and for me as he says through the prophet, come, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. And he who has no money, come and eat and drink. Come, buy wine and milk without money and without price. Now, God's not just speaking about, about physical food and drink. You know, when we eat something physical, we get hungry again. When we drink some water or, or, or whatever your beverage of choice is, um, we become thirsty again. This physical food and drink, we eat and we're still going to die. He's talking about spiritual food, living bread that gives everlasting life, living water that that wells up to eternal life within us. In compassion, God sees a desperate need that every person has, a need to be saved from death, a need to be made alive. Because from the moment we were born, the moment we were conceived, we were dead in trespasses and sins. And and he sees this desperate need, a need that that we're sometimes sometimes not even aware of in ourselves. He sees that need and he, he has compassion. So he gave his only begotten son to bear the message, come Come to me. I have life, forgiveness, and salvation to give you freely. Even though it cost him everything. But we don't always heed that that gracious call, do we? And we're believers. I mean, we trust in the gospel, and yet there are times in our lives where we're like, no, I'm, I'm going to make it on my own. I've I, I got to you know, take care of this. And, and we don't hear that call to come. So in frustration, we hear God ask in sorrow, why? Why do you spend your money for that which does not bread and your labor for that which does not satisfy? You know, the mathematician and, and theologian Blaise Pascal uh, once said that he believed that all people have a, a God-shaped hole inside of them that, that can only be properly filled by God himself. I think the theology is a little bit... Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, but it's a neat image that we're never completely ourselves unless... We're connected with God and in a right relationship with him. That we have this whole, a hunger or thirst that rightly can only be filled by God himself. But that doesn't stop people from trying to fill it with all kinds of other things. As it says in Romans, exchanging the creator for his creatures. 
And as we try to fill that void within us, we, we ultimately sin. Placing something that's not God in our hearts as though it were God. And so perhaps the devil tempts you to fill that hole with earthly pleasures. Things that give a, a hit of excitement, but end up searing our consciences and consuming us with more and more desire. Or maybe the temptation you feel is the world's call to place your hope in technology, in innovation. Or maybe it's the opposite, to give up hope for anything beyond the moment and take everything that you can get in this life. And your sinful nature hungers and thirsts And what we're actually hungering and thirsting for is God's love, his intimacy, his righteous holiness, his peace, his wholeness. But we seem to try to satisfy that hunger with cheap imitations and knockoffs, fleeting pleasures, solutions that cannot last, and hope in things that fade. And die. And God, God still looks and acts from compassion. Even while, even while we wrestle with temptation, even when, even when we lose the match. It, it's, it's like watching someone drinking poison or someone eating garbage. And still he cries to every one of us who who has drunk that poison and eaten that spiritual garbage. He cries, come to me. He doesn't compel us, does not control us. He gives calls with an urgent invitation. Incline your ear. Hear God speak to you. Come to me here that you may live and I may make with you an everlasting covenant. A covenant. A a relationship of promise. Sealed in blood. And so the word became flesh. Jesus came to announce God's love. To invite us to follow. to, To meet us poisoned, garbage-filled, sinful, and dead. And just like our gospel lesson, when he stepped out of that boat, when he saw the crowds, it says he had compassion. And as he looks on us, he has compassion. And just as he healed the crowds, he heals us freely, generously feeding us with miraculous food that only faith can receive. He healed us by forgiving our sins, by bearing our guilt, by paying the price, by dying our death. And he feeds us heavenly food, words of eternal life, his body and blood, delivering life and salvation to to quench our thirst and to ease our hunger with living bread, with living water. Friends, look at the world around you. Observe what's happening. Do you see the fear? 
Do you feel the frustration? Can you tell that that people are hungering and thirsting? And they're trying to satisfy that hunger with earthly things, with temporary solutions to eternal problems. They're trying to quench their thirst by satisfying temptations with earthly pleasures, which, which leave them only more parched. They seek security and salvation from death. But they and we are still going to die. It doesn't matter how careful we are. And Amos 8, verse 11 says, Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord God, when I will send a famine on the land. Not a famine of bread, nor a thirst for water, but a famine for hearing the words of the Lord. We are in days when people are afraid because of a pandemic. Afraid of earthly death. And so we rightly have compassion. We're wearing masks, right? We, we, we keep our distance. We're doing a whole lot of extra work to, to try to keep everyone safe. And that's good and that's right. We do this out of love for our neighbor because we have compassion. But at the same time, we are in days when people lack spiritual bread and water. They go about hungry and thirsty, unaware that they are filling themselves with poison and garbage that lead to eternal death. Should we not have compassion on that need? Should this need not be at the top of our prayers? Shouldn't our neighbors hear God's voice on our lips? Come. Come to the waters. No money needed. Come get the good food that satisfies so that your soul may live. Sometimes I, I think about these things and I just think, you know, Lord, have mercy on us. You know, it's... Sometimes I feel like we are lesser, or I won't say we, I feel like I am a lesser son of greater parents who went ahead. As I look back at at, at the the missionary zeal of the the church that went before and, and the way that they carried the gospel to the world. The reality is we get so focused on this life with its trials and its struggles and its pleasures and delights and we lose sight of the eternal hunger and thirst that's in all of us and then we lose our compassion our drive our compulsion to to share the good news of Christ's death and resurrection for our salvation but let's be absolutely clear The steadfast love of the Lord never wavers. And his compassion never ends. 
and his invitation to us is as it ever was. Come. Come hungry. Come thirsty. I have good food, rich and full of life. I have water to wash your sins away, wine to quench your thirst. Take, eat, this is my body. Take and drink my blood, shed for you for the forgiveness of all of your sins. Live. And as you live in Jesus, he will make you his witnesses. A living invitation to everyone. Come. Amen.